This is Pastor D-R-E on the M-I-C, and this is Ready, Set, Release. Welcome to the show. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Young men, old men, every father out there. It is our weekend, the biggest holiday of the year. <laughs> Who am I kid? You know how we roll, though. So listen, I hope that you're having a good weekend. I hope that all... Uh, uh, all your dreams come true, that you get all the gifts that you uh, desire and that you deserve. And I just want to ask somebody out there who may be a father, what are you expecting this weekend? I know what I'm expecting, but what are you expecting this weekend? And for those who are not fathers, but who are going, going to be giving to their fathers or showing appreciation to their fathers, I wonder what are you, what are you giving your father, that important man in your life. All right. So listen, I'm going to give us a word for the day. I started this last week because I was inspired by a pastor in Sumter, South Carolina, who always gave a word. So the word for this week is push. Yes, yes, push. And this is this is great for Father's Day weekend. The word for today is push. I want every man under the sound of my voice, even if you're not a father, whether you're a father or not, I want you to put that word in your mind, set it on your mind, push. I want you to push past your frustrations. I want to want you to push past your disappointments. I want you to push past what people have said about you or think about you because you are the key, a lot of us, uh, and most of us are the key to our households being successful. You are the key to the next generation coming uh, coming up from you, uh, coming up from, from under you. You are the key to the next generation being successful and being prosperous. I want you to push. I want you to understand that that your worth is greater than what you see in front of you. you you're, you're the foundation to something great. You're the foundation to the next generational blessing. Come on up in here. So I want you to push. Every time you feel like giving up, and this is what I have to tell myself a lot of times, Every time I feel like giving up, I keep thinking about who's coming up behind me. Every time I feel like giving up, I think about who am I going to be affecting, those that I, that I have seen and haven't seen. Every time I feel like giving up, I understand that I'm working, I'm pushing for somebody else. Come on, somebody. So that's the word for today, push. I want every man to push. Push, 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 and take your family, take the people you care about to the next level, all right? So we're going to do like we always do. You know how we do in the beginning. We got to give God praise. We got to give God our, our just praise. Open our mouths, put lift our hands in the air, shout unto God at the moment. So come on, help me give God some praise. Pastor D.R.E. back here with you. That last song, man, that last song, Never Would Have Made It by Marvin Sapp. That song has a lot of value to me. It has a lot of history to me. That song is uh, one of the last songs that I really heard my father sing in church. You know, um, my father's not pastor or anything. I don't want you to get twisted. But that was one of the songs, one of the last songs that was memorable to me that I heard him sing when we were um, going to the same church, when we lived in the same state. 
right now my father's in another state and i don't know if he's listening or not but you know that song goes out to you and uh i just want you to know that i love you i'm thinking about you uh, but yeah marvin sap never would have made it and that's the testimony of of a lot of people but also of a lot of fathers i never would have made it without god and then you know sometimes if god hadn't put that male figure maybe he wasn't your blood father or maybe he was but if if god hadn't put that male figure in your life if you didn't have that male figure in your life to be that father you know some of us wouldn't have the happy ending that we have or we wouldn't have the success story that we have so you know once again i'm just making it all about fathers today just driving home the importance of fathers on today well so i'm going to get into the word for a minute i want to put this this thought in your mind this this word in your ear and i'm going to be coming from matthew chapter 22 uh, verse 34 through 38, Matthew 22, verse 34 through 38. Okay. And it reads, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And so what I wanna to talk to you today for a minute about is matters of the heart. Matters of the heart. I wanna ask you what's in your heart today? What? what has a grip on your heart what's controlling your heart what does your heart look like it's all about the heart right now and so we have a lot of people who who may be going through quite a bit because of what's in their heart we got a lot of people who may be um having issues after issue or um just going through a lot in life because of what's in their heart. We understand that the heart is the headquarters for life. In the natural, it is the headquarters for life. Without your heart, you cannot live. If your heart stops beating right now, your life is over. You can live without an arm, you can live without a leg, you can live without a toe. You can you can live without certain body parts. But if that heart ever stops beating, then your life is over. We understand when people have heart attacks, it causes the whole body to malfunction. And so even though uh the body is still alive, the heart is under attack and the and the body is fading. It's fading. It's it's, it's so important. The heart is so important because it controls all of you. Well, in the same way, when we're talking about the heart, when we talk about matters of the heart or what's going inside your heart, when we talk about it as far as uh, uh, your emotions and what's, what's, really, what's really at the pit of you, the center of you, it will control how you do your life, how you, how you, look at life what's what's going on in your heart will will control how you look at life how how you really see life it will control 
what you do. You can have all the money in the world, but if there, if your heart is not right, or if there's a problem in your heart, then the rest of you isn't any good. You can have all the talent in the world, but if if the heart is not right, if something is hurting the heart, then you're no good to anybody. Can I take it a little deeper? If your if your heart is fragmented, if you're dealing with a broken heart, then it leaves you at at half a person. It leaves it, it leaves you at being you're you're not good for anybody. You're not benefiting anybody. When when you have a fragmented heart, you can't even for people who are trying to help you, they can't really help you because you can't you can't seem to muster up the the energy. You can't give all of yourself to them or to the project when you have a broken heart, when your heart is fragmented. When you're fragmented, matters of the heart, when you're when you're hurting, you can't be your true you. You can't be your true you. And, and that's why you see a lot of times when people who, who have not recovered over a past relationship or a past hurt, that's why you see them, uh, even though they have all the the gifts and all the skills and they're just as as cute as they want to be or fine as they want to be they're not able to really benefit you or benefit people around them like they should and for those who are trying to give them love they can't really receive it because they're fragmented i hope i'm making sense on today a fragmented heart will leave you in a place of, of uncertainty. A fragmented heart will leave will leave you in a place of at a place of a place at a standstill. Your your whole life is just at a standstill. You you can't go back, you can't go forward. You you're just at a standstill because your heart isn't healed you you have matters when i say matters of the heart you have different things going on in your heart it's fragmented when you look at the scriptures the scriptures say in proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 trust in the lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding at the scripture we just looked at in matthew 22 it says love the lord god with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind when we look at Colossians 3 and 23, it says, whatever you do, do it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. What I want you to see is that key word, that key word is all. He says, do it with all your heart. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. He says, love the Lord God with all your heart. It takes all of your heart. So the scriptures show and proves that your heart can be fragmented. It can it can uh, be given to several different people, several different things. So you know, a lot of times we would have the the question. The question would come up a lot of times. You know, can you be in love with two people? And the answer is yes. 
you can be in love with two people but now will it benefit the ones you are in love with no will it be enough for the ones you are in love with or the thing that you are in love with no but you can be in love with two people because your heart is fragmented and so what we have to understand is we have to we have to get healing in the heart we have to we have to put our we we have to be able to have healing in our heart and give god our whole heart or give our spouse our whole heart i'm i'm talking about matters of the heart what whoever we're, we're trying to give our love to our attention to we have to give all of it to them we have to give all of our heart to them. and yes my my whole my my uh foundation is loving god with all your heart but you do understand that god ordained marriage and so he wants you to love your spouse with your whole heart and you do understand that uh you know the scripture says whatever you do, do with uh whatever you do do it with all your heart you know god wants you laser focused he wants you laser focused he wants you to be uh a man after his own heart you know he 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 wants you to be um successful and to be a good example he wants you to be a true disciple and you cannot be a true disciple of god if you are caught between two opinions you cannot be a true disciple of god i'm talking about a show enough disciple of god i'm not just talking about you know knowing a couple scriptures and and going to church i'm talking about really being a disciple when you mimic god that's what it is to be a disciple i am a student and i am learning god i am mimicking god i am being exactly exactly who god is i care myself like him well i can't do that if i don't give all my attention to him i have to be able to do how he does and i cannot do that if i'm if my heart is everywhere y'all excuse me that's my alarm i cannot do that if my heart is everywhere I can't fully give myself over to him if my heart is everywhere. If you look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, it says, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money or God and anything. so if my life is going to i, I want to make sure you get this if my life is going to mimic god i have to give him all of me if my if my marriage is going to mimic uh or, or be like what god said it should be then i have to give myself completely over to him if i'm going to walk this walk as christ walked the walk i have to give myself completely completely over to him He has to be my heart's desire. To serve God has to be my heart's desire. Otherwise, otherwise, there's going to be trouble. 
otherwise I'll keep going around this this mountain of of you know uncertainty. You know, it seems like I I make a step, then I go back a step. I I, I go up, I go down. I'm I'm just on this constant roller coaster because because my heart is split in so many different areas that I don't fully give myself over to him and fully become his disciple. I have to give him my heart. Jeremiah 17 and 9 says something very interesting. It says the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? So as I was saying, I have to give my heart completely to him. Notice the word give. I have to give my heart to him. You know, there's another scripture. I believe it's Psalms 112, I believe, uh, or 119. Psalms 119 and 112 says, my heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. In other words, keeping the decrees that God has said. Notice he said, I, I, I have to give I have to give my heart to him. Notice in the scripture that we read Matthew 22, 34 through 38. Notice it said, love the Lord your God. In other words, I, I want you to understand that it may not be it not even may. It, it's not going to be automatic. You have to make the decision to set your heart to him. Or let me put it like this. You have to make the decision to condition your heart to be with him. See, see, we're talking about matters of the heart, but what one, one important thing I want you to understand is the heart is only going to um, produce what you put in it or what you let, let me let me let me put it another way what you put in it or what you or what you allow in it you know people always say i i hear people all the time saying you know just follow your heart well that's not always good because you have to ask yourself what is in my heart what have i conditioned my heart to what have i what have i allowed to penetrate my heart you know it sounds good in the movies you know when you see the romance movies and they're like you know just follow your heart you know and so they're running after someone who's who who they met you know not too long ago and they just had a uh um this this fateful moment where they met and they just connected and so they're taunt whether should I go after them or or should I let them go? And you know, you always have that person who says, just follow your heart. Well, that's not always good. Because what oh goodness, what you put in your heart or what you condition your heart to, that's that's what's gonna happen. That's what's gonna come out. Let, let me ask you this question. How many marriages have ended because someone, quote unquote, followed their heart? 
they felt like they made a connection. How many marriages have ended? How many times have you said the wrong things because, uh, or, or or did the wrong thing because you just felt in your heart at the time, you know, it's just what you was feeling and you did it. It says the heart is deceitful. It's deceitful. So you have to, you have to um, condition your heart. You have to allow God to condition your heart. You have to condition your heart with the things of God. That's why the Bible says meditate on the word day and night, night and day. Whatever you put in there, that's what's going to come out. You know, one of the things that one of the scriptures that I love is they say out of the I, I, I'm not I'm I hope I'm saying this right. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Have you ever heard that saying? Well, that's a true saying. Whatever you put down in there, that's what's that's what's going to come out of your mouth. The heart is <laughs> people act like the heart is so pure. It's not it's not so pure. It's what you put in there. Do you really think people are just born with hate? No. It's what's been put down in there. It's what's been allowed to be put in their heart. People aren't born with hate. They're taught hate. Or do you think it's just, you know, do you think it's just something that, you know, just magically magically comes there? No. It's what you put down there. So if you fuel your heart with hate, that's what's going to come out your mouth. If you fuel your heart with, with the things of God, that's what's going to come out your mouth. You know, it's just like that woman I heard about in in Australia. You know, she she she's from Australia. She left her husband of fourteen years to pursue a guy that she met uh, and felt like that was her soulmate. Let that sink in. She left her husband of 14 years, had two kids by him, to go with a man she met at some party. She felt she made a soulmate connection. And she left. Here's the problem with that, though. The man she left her husband for, when she approached him about, you know, making this soul connection, he immediately rejected her. So here she is. She has messed up her life over a quote-unquote soul connection. And, you know, completely destroyed her life. And the guy that she did it for didn't even want her. So in her mind, we just click. She's she's head over heels over the guy. But the guy didn't feel the same way. Now her life is messed up. Who can understand this deceitful heart? 
Do you know what deceitful means? Deceitful means not honest. Your feelings are lying to you. Not honest, misleading. is leading you the wrong direction. Talking about matters of the heart. So you can't always trust what's what's in your unconditioned heart. But now once you condition your heart, that's a different story. Then you 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 may be able to follow your heart. And when we say follow our heart, you know, a lot of times, you know, we, we're talking about our emotions or whatever, you know, because that, that's where our emotions come from. It comes from the heart. From the inside. following your heart. I want you, when you get some time, I want you to read a passage. It's it's a few chapters, but it'll bless you. But the, 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 main, the main scripture I want to draw from that is in 2 Samuel 19, 5 and 6. It's all about David who has, who has his, his, his kingdom is under siege by his son his son is trying to take over his kingdom and so his son has slept with his concubines his son has tried to kill him his son has tried to kill his army his son is just doing the most and so david you know why fleeing for his life trying to fight for his life he he does a counterattack, and his right hand his right hand man joab uh, goes after Absalom. That's his. That's David's son's name. Goes after Absalom, and and uh, tries to get the kingdom back for David. Well, in the midst of that, uh, Joab does get the kingdom back. But in the midst of that, his son gets killed. And so here they are, David's men, coming back to him, rejoicing. You know, rejoicing that the threat is over. They're safe now. David's kingdom is safe now. David's wives are safe now. David's other children are safe now. David's men are safe now. And instead of rejoicing, David weeps. He weeps because he has lost his son. Oh, Absalom. He's crying out for him. Not rejoicing that his life is safe. Not rejoicing that his family's life is safe and his kingdom is safe and his his uh his men's family are safe. He's weeping over Absalom. And so Joab says something that just stayed with me. And I want you to hear it. When you have time, look it up. But it, it says this. It says, this is Joab talking to David. He says, you love those who hate you and hate those who love you. What a powerful sentence. You love those who hate you and hate those who love you. You love the people 
who are trying to kill you. But you hate the people or ignore the people who love you. And isn't that just like us? Come on now, let's be real. Some of us, we love the people that do us wrong. But the people we that do us right, we just kind of throw them to the side or we don't even like them. We don't even acknowledge them. Can I go deeper? You love the thing that is trying to kill you. But hate the thing that will save you. Talking about things, not only people, but things. For example, you, you love alcohol. You love drugs. But you hate the things that are good for you. Can I give you one more example? You love sin and what Satan provides, even though he hates you. But then you hate or ignore God who loves you. I just want you to think about it. Matters of the heart. How how uh, it's just a good example of how deceitful the heart can be. So I ask you, who's controlling your heart? What's controlling your heart? Like I said, the heart controls everything. Well, what's controlling the heart? Could it be something that that you love that really hates you? Could it be that that thing you feel like you can't live without or that person you feel like you can't live without, but they're dragging you down or it's dragging you down? Can I go a little deeper? Is, is fear driving your heart? Is fear the one ruling your heart? And therefore, you're at a standstill in life. Is past hurt controlling your heart? And therefore, you're at a standstill in life. What's going on in your heart? Let me say it like this. What's the matter with your heart? Can I say it like this? What matter is in your heart? Whatever it is. If it's not with God, it's in the wrong spot. The wrong person or thing is possessing it. Give your heart to God today. See if he won't make it better. Some of us, we've had other things controlling us too long. We've had other things in our heart too long. Heaviness in our hearts too long. Give it to God. I had a friend of mine tell me she's not worried about anything. When everything seems too stressful, when she can't figure it out, she just gives it to God. And I told her, I said, you know what? I haven't always done that, but I'm doing it now. Everything that's going on in my heart, 
that goes contrary to the word of God or goes contrary to God has to leave. And if I can't put it out, I give it to God so he can put it out. Give your heart to God on today. All right, Pastor D.R.E. on the MIC back here with you. Ready for some headlines on today. Uh, I wanted to give you this headline because I thought you might find this a little curious. And I I, I just want to, at least I find it a little, it's not even a little curious to me, but okay, just listen to what I'm about to tell you. Okay, so this is the headline. Carvana insiders, including the CEO's billionaire father, are buying up shares as stock hits lows. Now, of course, we all know what's going on in the world right now. We know that, you know, inflation is really playing a big part in in uh, some of the struggles that we are having at the present moment. And so we also know that the stock, the stock market has taken a big hit. Uh, many stocks have hit an all-time low. But I brought up this this uh, article because this is what people who have money or who are smart about money often do. When the rest of the world is kind of panicking and stocks are tanking, this is when you have some of your most richest people uh, go in and buy up stocks at a very low price and they just hold it. So when the stock market recovers, instead of paying, you know, let's just say uh, $11 for a stock, they, for a stock, they pay $6 for the stock. When it recovers, they've made this big profit. And so now I understand everybody can't do it, but I just want you to get the mindset of how some of your millionaires work, uh, such as Warren Buffett and Mark Cuban and some of these others, how they work. They wait till everything hits a low when everybody else is panicking. Then they swoop up, buy up everything. And then when the stock market goes back up, they are richer than before. I, I want to tell you a couple things. Do you not know? that more millionaires, <coughs> excuse me, more millionaires made money in the pandemic than any other time? Why? Because everybody was in a panic and that was their time when they bought low and sold high. It's, it's just amazing. I remember when the pandemic first hit, uh, or not even the pandemic, when the recession first hit, and I remember seeing a stock it's a very popular stock i'm not gonna say which one because i kick myself every time i look at it now but it was a very popular stock it was at four dollars i believe four dollars and fifty cent a stock and i had a little extra money to where i could have bought some that stock went from 450 to the high pre pre-covid to the high of about 20 bucks just money I could have I could have just made. There's another stock that I actually own. I bought it for a dollar, and uh, I end up making. They end up going for about thirty dollars a share. What I'm just saying is, 
it is very interesting and it's it's not something they're just doing now but people who have a little extra they've been doing this since you know this is their pattern even when it comes to the housing market a lot of times when you see the the housing market go low they buy up everything low and then you know they sell high it's, that's just how things work so i'm not saying that i'm not a stock advisor but all i'm saying is if you have a little extra money you might want to invest in something you know in the stock low or even in real estate you know if you can find something at a low price right now you know it might be an investment you want to want to um look into because the housing market from all intents and purposes is uh starting to cool whether we see it or not it's starting to cool but i just thought that was very interesting how and and, and so the article goes into carvana uh they sold the stock when it was at its peak and now that it has hit a five six year low those same people who sold their stock at a at a high high price are now buying it again and they're just going to repeat the cycle that's all they're doing that's all they're doing so we just need more information we need to be educated more about how to handle money and how to handle uh shall i say night seasons in our lives you know i thought that might be interesting uh also okay so here's something else i want to talk about according to this is from the insider um business insider it says the class of 2022 is being presented with the most open jobs in history but they aren't the jobs that generation i didn't know it even had a name generation zers want so basically at the present time um this graduating class is being sent to the workforce or 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 they are able to go to the workforce and there's more jobs available now that there's ever been of course we know this is because of the pandemic and everything else uh but many of them don't want them now my first thought about this was it's because they're lazy you know but and and that might play a part in some of them but when i read the article it makes a lot of sense so what's what's happening now is generation generation z or gen zers are graduating but and they have all these jobs available but it's not the jobs they want a lot of the jobs that they're being uh, presented with are jobs that don't necessarily need a degree um a lot of the jobs don't pay as well as they want them to pay and so you got to think you know we're in a place of inflation now everybody needs to work don't get me wrong i believe everybody needs to work but look at what we're walking into this this generation generation z is is coming out of school they have plenty of jobs available but it's not the job that they want because they have a degree it's not the job that they want or or they're looking for because it's not paying enough because things have shot up uh the price of of just living the cost of living has shot up within the last uh three to six months greatly it has greatly increased and then the article also talks about how 
they are now so the jobs that they do want they are now fighting or or um battling competing with people who have changed their mindset on what's important to them with a job you know the previous generation when COVID hit it forced a lot of people to stay home uh and so it made people who had been just you know running themselves raggedy and and working all these jobs it made them stop and take a take a a breath for a minute and realize maybe this this nine to five ain't for me or maybe i could do better so now the people who were who were working the jobs that there's so many of uh generation z is now having to compete with them for the top paying jobs and here's the thing the ones who have already been working guess what they got something that generation z don't have and that is experience so it's 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 a crazy dynamic everybody what's what's good about this is everybody is now understanding their worth people now are understanding or valuing their family they're valuing their time and so on and so forth the problem is this generation z don't want to have to start from the bottom or from a certain low that they feel like is just not even worth it and and i get it but it's it's a mess up situation and uh i'm curious to see uh what's going to happen i have been reading a lot of a lot of articles that have been talking about how um you really just can't buy people anymore and if you're going to buy them you're going to have to pay a, a bigger price for what you know for for what you used to pay more than you used to pay uh and they're talking about how people aren't um committed to jobs anymore or loyal to jobs anymore and i've been saying this for a while why would i be loyal to a job when they can let me go and a lot of times let you go for just anything you know and then you have to look at so we've had this whole COVID thing this whole pandemic thing so you had some some employees who are now paying three dollars more four dollars more than what they were paying pre-pandemic why would i set a job i'm at even though i've only been there you know maybe two three years it's it's just crazy now because people are valuing their time and they understand you know i i have to get I have to max my my I have to max my worth right now you know versus being loyal to a job for 10 years and hope that they promote me and hope that they give me a raise because we've seen that story before it's it's just a real big um a real big race right now a real big rat race or however you want to put it right now and and uh, I'm interested to see what's going to happen in the next couple years i really am okay let's get to some good news here's something good that uh i have to i have to talk about so this is in (coughs) excuse me this is in phoenix arizona um the owner of a gas station his name is mr singh the owner of a gas station is buying gas at five dollars and 66 cent a gallon from his supplier and he is selling it 47 cents less to his customers 
That's right. We actually have a business owner who is taking a loss with out of 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 anything you think about out of all the things you can think about he's taking a loss in gas uh and he says the reason why he's doing that is because you know he's trying to support his community he's trying to give his customers some relief you know gas has went through the roof you know i just saw saw uh, or heard a news article where gas has went up i think they said 40 something cent or 50 cent 60 cent in the last two months two three months it is ridiculous but this business owner who owns a gas station has decided he'll take a loss and not pass on more of the burden to the customers uh i could not be more proud uh i couldn't have more no more i have so much more respect for this guy um he did not have to do that uh, but it just shows that there are some kind people in the world there are some kind rich people in the world wealthy people in the world uh and he credits credits what he he what he's doing to his teachings uh the values that he was taught from his father and his mother so i thought that was good uh also we have in the news oh i love this story so a teen by the name of I'm going to try to say her name correctly Ashley Adirica Ashley Adirica please don't hold it against me she's from Nigeria but this young lady has been accepted to every Ivy League school I'm just calling her Ashley Ashley has been accepted to every Ivy League school that she has applied for yes every Ivy League school. That means Yale. That means Columbia. That means Dartmouth. That means Harvard. That means uh, Penn. That means Princeton. That means Yale. She has been accepted to every last one of them, which is really unheard of, particularly since uh, all of those schools usually usually accept only, uh, usually accept less than 12% of people who apply. Think about that for a minute. She was able to be accepted to every last one of those schools. Um, and so that is a big congratulations to her. Uh, she comes from a single mother who has five kids. Again, she's from Nigeria. Her mother's from Nigeria. And so once again, she just shows that you can do anything if you put your head to it, put your mind to it. Uh, and so no one really has any excuse as to why they cannot make it. You can make it if you put in the work. This woman is also, uh, she is on the debate team. Um, she's also the president of the student council. And she has also started an organization. This is at 17. She has also started an organization that helps young uh, black women or young um, women of color who who are trying to get ahead. You know, it's 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 a bond, it's a sisterhood that they have created to uh, help each other out, to encourage one another. Um, so, I mean, what can you say? I know this is Father's Day, this is Father's Day weekend, but big ups to her mom. 
I'm sure her mom put in a lot of work and just, you know, when you see something like that, you know that she let her write. And so she, like I said, she has been accepted to every, um, every Ivy League school. And not only that, she was, a, I think it said she was uh, accepted to some other ones she applied to. And I cannot remember which ones they were at the moment. Um, but all of them were prestigious schools. I think one was Vanderbilt. Um, it was a few more, but big ups to her. Love the story. Um, I hope this the news has been good. I hope that you got something out of that. And listen, out of all of those stories, I think that last one rings true. It's something that we can definitely look at for ourselves. You know, you can do anything if you put your mind to it. There's no excuse why you can't succeed. You just got to put in the work. And that's why I want to leave with you. Put in the work and follow your dreams. All right. I'll be back with you in a minute. Now it's time to say goodbye to all my biggest fans. Pastor D.R.E. back here with you. So listen, thank you for joining us on today. Um, once again, happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Um, whatever you get on Father's Day, you absolutely deserve and from me to you, once again, happy Father's Day. I, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna leave you with a story. I'm gonna leave you with a story. Uh, I was at this neighborhood park, right? And um, it was this guy, he had like, what, it was about two kids with him, two or three kids with him. It was three kids with him. He had uh, two girls and, and a boy. And so, you know, he's just sitting there walking and everything. And so his daughter saw him leaving and just bust out crying. And so, uh, <laughs> so he was telling her, come on, you know, come on, come on with, come, come to daddy. And she would not move. She was just reaching for him and everything. She wanted him to pick her up. And he wouldn't do it. And so he went to walk off. And she started really crying. And just, I mean, the tears just flowing. And, and you know, she's about to fall out. She was playing with some people, some, some other kids at the playground. Uh, and there was other people at the playground. But she was no longer worried about the people at the slide or at the playground. She wanted her daddy. I mean, she wanted her daddy bad. And her life was not going to be any good without her dad. And so he kept walking a little bit. And then finally, he turned around and got her. And when he picked her up, and put her in his arms, she stopped crying immediately. And I was like, oh my goodness. That little girl loved her daddy. Well, that person I'm talking about is my brother. 
Um, my brother, my brother is amazing to me. He's he's amazing to me. He's he's just absolutely. And I'm not just saying this because he's my brother, but he is absolutely one of the greatest fathers I have ever seen. The way he takes his time, the way he's patient with his kids, the love that they show him, you 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 know he has a great relationship with him or with his kids. And, um, you know, he goes out of his way to make sure they're all right and uh, works hard he has given those kids everything they can think of truly he is probably the greatest father I've ever seen and uh, I don't know if he'll ever hear this but if he does well he'll know uh, I salute my brother on today. He, he is an example of what fatherhood should look like. And, uh, you know, hopefully there are more fathers like him. I know there are more like him, uh, but I just want to big up him on today and, and tell him that big brother proud of you, man. So, uh, the moral of the story is make sure your kids are in your life. Make sure you're in your kids' life. Make sure that they know you love them. Don't leave them hanging. You never know how, how much you mean to them. You never know how much they look up to you. And, and you know, like I said at the top, you're the piece. You're the person. You're the father, the instrument that, that God is going to use to propel a family all right so to all the fathers out there the ones that do it big the ones that do it well father stepfather however you may whatever your role may be i salute you i'm gonna say this one time one time only i believe that god's word is true it is the final authority in my life therefore everything that god has said concerning me shall come to pass this has been your boy Pastor D-R-E on the M-I-C. I love you.